Hello, and welcome to Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stiff. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, starting with ease. The easy to understand, easy to like, and easy on the eyes, Mary Abigail. <laughs> Sounds like someone took the easy way out on this. <laughs> I was easing into it. <laughs> oh my God. Hi, everybody. I am Mary Abuja. Apparently, I'm easy. Uh, and it's time for me to introduce to you my co host, the experienced ethical expert named Chris DeSantis. Well, that was good. You like that, that was a good like, one. Like yeah, strung them together into a phrase yeah, as opposed to yeah. distinct adjectives. Yeah, no, that was nicely done. Experienced ethical, what was it? You are the experienced ethical expert named Chris DeSantis. Yeah, yeah, baby, that's yeah. me. So anyway, <laughs> how you doing? I am doing pretty well, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's nice and fall here in D.C. We've got a, a first day that's under 80 degrees. It's like 65 degrees, sunny. Mm. You can smell the crisp fall air coming in. So I am excited because fall is my favorite month. I do like fall as well. I like the leaves changing. Do you have a lot of? Uh, oh, yeah, DC's got DC's, lots of trees. We're we're lousy with trees, loaded with yeah. them. DC like actually, that. the whole DMV uh, district, Maryland, Virginia, the whole DMV is actually really pretty. Lots of trees, lots of really greenery. It's actually a really nice area. So people should come visit. No, I like. I, in fact, I'll be there. I will be there this this week. I'll be there. You'll be there this week. Next week. I'll be there this week. Uh, no, next week. No, this week. Okay. This week for the uh, the LCLD oh event. Oh, my God. It is this week. <laughs> yes, yes. I hope you... Yes, because you'll be there as well. I will be. And of course, listeners, by the time you hear this, it will have been last week. Yes, yes. And this is a... Um, uh, Leadership Council for Legal Diversity. There we go. <laughs> Leadership Council for Legal Diversity. Yeah. And we're speaking there. I'm going to be speaking on lopsidedness, embracing wow. our lopsidedness. Mary, what will you be delivering? I will be delivering two different uh, Ooh, uh, presentations. Two uh, one will be, of course, managing up. <clears throat> the other one will be feedback and accountability. Uh, oh. How you do it and why you need to as a leader. Lovely, lovely. This is the, my favorite audiences, one of my favorite audiences. Yeah, I think they're really, really wonderful people. And I think we're going to an opening at one of the big uh, galleries, right? National they've, Portrait Gallery, which I'm very excited about. Um, so they're going to have a little reception there. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, no, this will be fun. This will be fun. But anyway, by the way, it's a, it's a speaking of DC, which is a high status community, yes, I would have think, right? Because that's are our topic. All, oh, status part. Yeah, we are all yeah. very self important in Washington, DC. They, everyone's important in DC. Oh, right? we are. Like, whenever, so I travel a lot like you do. And so I have the clear. Uh, the mm -hmm. only town, the only airport that has a longer line for clear than pre, in my experience, is Washington, oh. DC. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. We're just waiting for clear plus plus so that we can self-important ourselves over already self-importance. <laughs> There's a lot of that self-important over there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that. It is. And always when I see uh, cars go by with um, you know, two or three of those, you know, in what do they call it? Caravans of black Mm -hmm. SUVs. I'm always thinking, I wonder who that is. I wonder who that is. Yeah, it's, it's from some, it, with only two or three caravan, it's some low level uh, uh, ambassador or <laughs> <laughs> or staff at a, at a council. Yeah. 
Oh, that's interesting. Well, anyway, are you ready for us today? I am so ready. I'm excited to talk about status. So I can't wait to hear what we got. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Ready? Hi, all. Love the show. I found your advice helpful. I could use some of it because I have no one else to ask. I come from a very small rural community. I was lucky and received a scholarship to a state school. I have since been working my way up at a healthcare company, and I'm now at a director level. Congrats. My family still lives in that community, and it's a big one. I'm guessing she's referring to her family. I'm having trouble relating to them and my old high school friends. I don't have much in common, and so I make excuses for not going back for holidays. Frankly, I would be mortified if my past friends met my present ones. Am I simply an asshole? And if not, how can I even talk about it with them without sounding like one? Hmm. Signed, a star is made and born in Kentucky. Interesting. I love Hmm. this. You know what's interesting is you're assuming a woman and I'm assuming a man. Yeah, I think so. You know why? why? A woman would never say, am I simply an asshole? A woman would say, am I simply being a bitch? Oh, am so I'm, I simply? Uh, not okay. that it matters. Well, I can live with Not no. that it matters which gender this person is, but um, I get it. Like, I kind of get it. I was raised from a very ignoble place, uh, Toledo, Ohio, and, you know, I moved to the big city, and it feels weird when I go back to Toledo. You know, people mm-hmm. are very different in the Midwest. Um, so, I mean, you've outgrown your roots. That happens. Does it make mm-hmm. you an asshole? Maybe a little bit of one, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but but like this happens. I totally get it. You know, it's really common. It's really common for people uh, as they grow from one area to another to have uh, changed interests, changed lifestyles, and it can sometimes be hard to uh, reconcile the two together. So I, I want to normalize this uh, and normalize your um, concern about it and your reluctance to meld the two two worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be clear, I I would never rec- I wouldn't personally recommend that you have this kind of conversation with your with your uh, Kentucky people. I don't mm. know if there's any way that you can say, yeah, I'm not quite sure if if my friends will find you up to their par, um, right, or right. I'm not so sure you'd like my friends. I, I don't think there's a way to have this conversation without demoting someone's status. So right. instead, what I would say to you is take some time and see if you can't be a little bit reflective uh, and a little bit uh, respectful and appreciative of where you came from. Um, really kind of tap into the quality of the people. Uh, this is where this is what created you. These are the people that supported mm-hmm. you. This was your community. There are good things about these people and really take some time to really anchor yourself in, in remembering that. Um, people have different paths. You were lucky. You were able to go on a whole new path that I'm sure a lot of people uh, from your original community did not have the opportunity to. So instead Instead of feeling better than, I'd like you to come from a place of deep appreciation for your ability to really um, to uh, to live in both worlds. Like you really have your foot in both worlds, and that's really a wonderful thing. So don't lose that. And then finally, I would say, give it time. Um, uh, give it time. Relationships might take some time to evolve. I would not avoid going home. I think you should go home. I think you should stay connected to your roots. And if you want to bring some people of your new friends home, do so. Don't underestimate people. You don't know where your new friends are from, and you 
can mm-hmm. never know how people are going to react to other people. So I would give a little bit more, I would give a little bit more due to your community of origin than you're doing right now. And I would not make assumptions that the two cannot connect. I think you've covered it all, Mary. I, I, I would agree with you on all of these things. My first reaction to this person is, yes, you are an asshole. I think it <laughs> because you, you aren't you aren't really showing any gratitude. You are you are not where you are in spite of them. You are probably where you are because of them, because you you are you were given the drive to achieve, as yeah. it were. And I think that is that's an investment others also make in you as well. So um, this talk of and the, and the other thing you keyed in on, which I think is really important, is uh, they would be mortified if their new friends met his old friends or her old friends. I found that interesting because to your point, we don't know what they would react to and we don't have their roots. But the very fact that you're entertaining the notion that that you would be condemned having had family like this doesn't make them your friends. Yeah, It just makes them social climbers, fellow social climbers. You see, if it's about status alone, then in fact, uh, you don't need friends. Uh, so that's what you're looking for. But I also think too, and you you allude to this as well, a little humility goes a long way here. So just tone it down, you know, yeah. show up, show up authentically in a way that is, I will call the Goldilocks view of you, meaning that don't be opulent when you show up in your new Louis Vuitton, you know, sort of, uh, you know, you sneakers. said Louis Vuitton very well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but don't show up in Louis Vuitton sneakers and matching bag. Show up in something that is more, I would say, closer to uh, where they're from than further away from that. And so, and I, I, I think you got to look at look at your family and say, I'm, be be grateful for who they are as they are. That's it. Yeah. I will also give you a warning because if you do not do this, heaven forbid, you have children. And they are more successful than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, But the good news is at least you have those other friends to fall back on. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing is I, I think you're, I think this person could be uh, underestimating their new friends too, right? Uh, yes, their exactly. Their new friends might find it really cool that you are from, like, let's say, a coal mine exactly. town in Kentucky. Like, I actually think it's a feather in your cap that you were able to go from one circumstance into another circumstance within a couple of years. Like, that shows someone with grit and determination um, and being someone who was from uh, very, very modest means. Uh, I know this from, from my experience, like people, maybe people would say something catty, but most people thought it was made me more interesting, right? As yes, a person uh, when they knew more about my background. And so I would say, well, don't shortchange that in yourself. Everyone likes the hard scrabble uh, narrative. Right? Everyone mm-hmm. loves that. There is no one who gives the narrative of, well, I was born rich. I was Everything was given to me. So it's only natural that I've achieved so much. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No one could tell that narrative and be, be embraced by the listener. But in this narrative that I come from a very humble background and I can achieve, that's the American narrative. Which is a great mirror. And I would say one last thing to uh, to a star is made important. Go watch or rewatch Coal Miner's Daughter with Sissy Spacek. That's such a great movie. <laughs> I just good? saw it the other day. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was like, wow, like talk about someone that like came from nothing uh, yeah. and went to huge uh, levels of stardom. It's a great movie. Anyway. No, no. Uh, I, it's funny you're saying that because I was thinking along when I was reading this thing. Oh, this is like a Tennessee Williams sort of play. It you is know? kind of, isn't it? Yeah. Coming, yeah. Coming back. Okay. Well, we, right, so I, think, I have know. empathy for a star is made and you just called them an asshole, but that's okay. We'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was just confirming what they might think about themselves, and I think so. All right, we're good. You ready for the next one here? I am. Okay, this one's uh, from, hey, you talking to me in upstate New York?
Hey guys, have you ever been snubbed? Recently, I went to a corporate retreat. I'm part of the high potential employees who were brought in to mingle with the execs. I thought it would be a great experience. It wasn't. I'm a petite Asian American woman, and so I'm used to people underestimating me, but I'm not in this program because I'm a doormat. But that's how I felt while I was there. I was interrupted, condescended to, and ignored when other executives gathered. Let me say it wasn't everyone who did this, but it was more than a few. How do I confront this kind of behavior without creating a negative impression, which is ironic, since they don't seem to care about the impression they leave? Signed once again, hey, you talking to me in upstate New York? Mm -hmm. Mm. Hey, you, Mm -hmm. welcome to the white male patriarchy. (laughs) I mean, this does not surprise me. Um, and I don't even know that it's all about the white male. I don't even know if that has anything to do with, uh, with, uh, uh, ethnicity or race. I do think there's probably some gender stuff, even though she didn't say it was men. I'm just assuming since we know most C-suite executives mm. tend to be men, uh, mm. something like 82% in corporate America. Um, and she's in a corporate retreat. So a couple of things before I give you my thoughts here. One is I'm curious, was it just you that got interrupted or was there a pattern to this behavior by the execs with other people, other hypos at the retreat? So I yeah. would definitely like ask around to some of those people there um, because you need to kind of figure out whether it was racism, sexism, or just plain C-suite arrogance um, mm-hmm. um, or personality. So I would, I would, and I also don't want you to feel like it was just you. So I would go around and talk to some of the other hypos who were there and, 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 uh, and really, um, and see who, what kind of experience they had. Um, the other thing I would like to say is, and who didn't have this experience and what was it about them that didn't? So I would take a look at that. The other thing I would take a look at is understanding like, what was your role at this retreat? Like you're bringing hypos into a corporate retreat. Uh, were the, like, were, were your roles clear? Um, did the people that run the high, high potential program, were they clear with the executives what your guys' role were, was? Like, so I'm, part of me is concerned that they set you all up to be, talked over and condescended to because mm-hmm. maybe they didn't, maybe the execs didn't know that you were there to have a voice uh, or were you there to have a voice? So I'd also want to check out that sort of thing. Um, then the next thing I would do is once you're clear about that, then I would, um, I'm not sure there's much you can do right now as a hypo with confronting mm-hmm. this behavior. These are executives. Um, I think what I would do next is I would take a good look at how I'm presenting myself. I wouldn't want to naturally it would assume is because I was petite or Asian. I would look at whether or not I am speaking with confidence, whether I have what they call gravitas or quote unquote leadership presence, uh, and really try to get some feedback from some people that I know, um, that, you know, do you speak confidently? Do you falter when you speak? Uh, do you speak too slowly? And these impatient, uh, asshole executives are just interrupting you. Like take Mm. a look at how you are showing up in the situation. And then my last thing would be like, get yourself a mentor, um, uh, a mentor in the organization, either a male or a female mentor, but someone that can really help you navigate this kind of behavior. Because when you do rise up, when you're no longer a high potent executive, I want you to be able to uh, uh, be that confident person, but I also want you to be able to change some of the culture of how they're treating people uh, with disrespect.
Well, Mary, that was very thorough. I thought that was a really nice job there of really giving her some options uh, around. Th I liked it because I, I have a reaction to this and you were really giving her more of a plan to say, okay, yeah. let's get a lay of the land first. Let's look yeah. at, okay, what's what's going on in terms of how others are being treated? What's important here? Who's in that room? And I like your last point, which I will get to in my own version is uh, you should have somebody on your side yeah. and a mentor is going to give you sort of the, uh, that's that, that sort of, I, I will say support that you need in some an environment like that. Yeah, because I, I looked at this and I said, okay, this is this is clearly a status situation. And by the way, who hasn't been snubbed in yeah. life? I That's mean, true. who yeah. hasn't? We all are. We all are because all of us will fall outside of whatever the the in group is at some point, whatever whatever that in group is. I mean, I go to a lot of events all the time, and and when I go to these events, I'm often qualified. Like, who are you? What are you with? Are you? No oh, then I just recently I went to an event and I was talking to this individual. He finds out that I am not one of the uh, key executives at this retreat, and he stops talking to me within a second, <laughs> a second, and he literally turns away. And I'm talking to another person, and I would say to them, "Did you just see what I saw with this guy?" And said, "Yeah, I thought that was weird too." Because the idea here is that when you people qualify and they're looking, and this this is a perfect case of qualifying. The execs want to meet the other execs. Yeah. And you're a shiny new toy to them versus yeah. anything else. I, I did like the notion here, though, and this is what I pay attention to, is somebody in that room, you said not everybody was this way. Those are the people you key in in the future, yeah. but I'll come back to them. Which I wanted goes, to but say, just goes to my, well, I like what you're saying, if I could just interrupt for a minute, because, yeah. you know, there's something, of, there's some organizational dynamic going on here too, where they brought in the high pose and they didn't like brief the executives. And, and yeah. so that really bothers me. Keep going. But I've seen this though. I've been yeah. in meetings where they bring in the, the executives and they say, oh, our hypos were in the next room. We thought we'd all bring them over and get to mingle and all of that. And, you know, nothing to your point. Yeah. There's no structure to it. And then everyone's awkward. There's a room full of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I thought this other thing about her, um, and I think she's under this all the time because she's, she's, uh, she's in the minority all the time. Yeah. She's a petite Asian American woman. And, but this is, this, this is likened to the notion of stereotype threat. A stereotype threat is that you you are thinking about who you are and what are the what are the stereotypes associated with somebody like you. Yeah. And you know my the problem with this is it takes up mental real estate. You see, you start thinking about that as opposed to thinking about where am I? What can I do in this situation that maximizes my return on this? But rather, you start thinking about, I don't want to succumb to the notion mm -hmm. of these stereotypes. And see, that gets in your way. I think that get more than anything got, get, got in her way. Because I like your point. If they're treating other people badly, not because they're uh, petite Asian Americans, but rather because they're just young people who are in this room and they're being ignored because they're not executives, then we have an, a, a new leveling of the situation. I also think, and this ties to what Mary said, the mentor. I think don't don't go don't be ill prepared for the future. Next time, if and this will happen again, find the the friendlier the friendlier uh, as you would de describe them executives. Do homework on them. Do a deep dive on them. And then when you meet them in that space, I'm so glad I get some time to spend with you. You were so gracious the last time. I looked into your history and your narrative here, and I really wanted to ask you a question about how you, what you did in this situation to get to there. And, and here's what I'm interested in, by the way. At some point, I'd like to add value to the firm. How do I do that? And I know I'm asking you a lot of questions here. I, I will stop doing that to you. And, you know, step away, say, but I certainly wouldn't mind having coffee with you someday. And my point is set them up for the time that you will go later on and have a real, real conversation.
I love that. That's a fantastic idea. You know, which makes me think it's not fair, but people in these, you know, um, underrepresented groups, they do have to work a little bit harder, right? They have to yes. do like, and it's so unfair. It's terrible. It's, it's, I mean, if she has to break the stereotype, right? Uh, right. Being, uh, and, and, but you know what? I think going a little extra is really like, especially for something like that, like that strategy should and could work for anybody, right? Oh, it's absolutely, absolutely. You don't want to be, and you don't want to succumb to the the energy it takes to sort of fight the, the perception of a stereotype because yeah. you shouldn't have to think about it. Yeah. Let it go. Let it yeah. go. Just think about what you want. What's the goal here? And I think the goal here is I want to meet this the, this person or that person, and I want them to want to have coffee with me at some point so that I can start a real relationship. Yeah. And so if she finds out that it wasn't just her, there were multiple right. people that were being talked down to by the execs, I think then they should bring raise that to the people who run the HIPO program because it's something that they need to know because they yeah, the next time they in, incorporate uh, executives with the high potentials, there needs to be some setting of expectations on both sides. Um, yeah, I because, love that. Because it's not a good look for the execs to... You know, and by the way, to uh, one last thing to hey you is yeah, you're right. A lot of the executives don't care about the impression that they leave because the <laughs> higher you go up in organizational life, the less self aware you become. So yeah. it's a real problem, C suite executives having a lack of self awareness. Yes, and they're insulated. And they're insulated. Nobody tells yeah. them the truth anymore, and they start right. believing their own shit. And you know, uh, that's why I really like uh, Dr. Tasha Yurik's book on this called Insight. It's all about staying self-aware of your impact and the impression you are having on other people. No, that's great. That's great. Put it on your reading list, list people. Put it on your reading list, everybody. All right, we good here? That was we are good. Good. All right, good luck there. Hey, hey, hey. hey all right, hey, one hey. more question. Uh, this one is called No Tall Poppies in Poland. Hmm. Hi, Cubies. I'm a relatively new associate to this law firm. I'm first generation U.S. My parents came over when I was six from Poland. My father works in construction and my mother is a nurse. They're great people and have always been supportive. They are also very humble people and have taught me to be humble as well. So I end up deflecting compliments, crediting others, or just staying quiet about my accomplishment. Is being humble a mistake? I find people who brag to be arrogant and full of hot air, but those same people are getting the good work assignments. Do I have to become a, a phony to succeed? Once more, signed, no tall poppies in Poland. Hmm. Oh my God. No tall poppies. Chris DeSantis and I are about to give you an ear fill, ear full. So <laughs> settle in and get ready because you are conflating confidence and arrogance. They are two different things. Mm. Number one, and we're going to go over that in a second with you. Number two, if you don't talk about your accomplishments, who the hell will? The mm. workplace is not a meritocracy. It's part meritocracy and part who knows about your fabulousness, right? So you've got to yeah. like let go of that. You can be confident and humble at the same time. Uh, let me just tell, give you a couple differences between confidence and arrogance. Confident individuals have a healthy sense of self-insurance. They believe in their abilities and they trust their judgment, but they do not feel the need to assert the superiority over other people. Arrogant people 
often display an overbearing or exaggerated sense of self-importance. They they tend to belittle other people. Confident people are based, they base their assessment on a realistic assessment of their abilities, whereas arrogant people are pretentious and they exaggerate their abilities to impress. Am I right, Chris DeSantis? Yeah, no, I think you're- Confident people are respectful of other people. Confident people, confidence will strengthen your relationships. Arrogance are disregarding of others. They're demeaning of others uh, because they believe that their shit doesn't sink and it's better than yours. Arrogance, strange relationships. So I'm going to ask you again, is it being braggy or arrogant to talk about your accomplishments? As Chris DeSantis is about to say, it's not an exaggeration if you're speaking the facts. Mm -hmm. So you need to figure out how to do a little bit of what I call shameless self-promotion, which is learning how to self-promote yourself without feeling ashamed. Three quick tips. Number one, balance the I and the we. So the next time you want to talk about your accomplishments, use the I and the we. So you might say, someone might say, hey, what's going on, Poppy? And you might say, oh my gosh, I just finished this great project. Uh, Chris DeSantis and I worked on it together. We were able to bring the project in under budget, ahead of schedule, and I was really excited to be a part of it. Bam. That's how you do it. Number two, you want to keep a success list, meaning keep a list of all your accomplishments and your achievements. Don't ever expect anyone just to know how great you are. Keep your boss in the loop. Make sure you are reminding them of your accomplishments. And finally, when someone compliments you, please try to simply say thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That really means a lot. Or thank you. I worked really hard on that. Too much uh, deflection. Oh, no, it was nothing. Oh, I didn't really do anything on that. Oh, it was easy. Or too much self-deprecation will not help you succeed. People will start believing what you told them. Oh, she only works on easy things. Oh, she's really not that great. So those are my three tips for you. And I'm going to turn it over to Chris because I know he'll have a ton of ideas as well. Well, I do not have a ton of ideas because I think you've uh, said all of the things that I thought would be really appropriate to this, especially this 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 distinction between arrogance and confidence. Uh, I think there's something to that. Now, I will talk about this, though, humility. So I'll, I'll yeah. go down a different path here. Uh, I, there are more than one type of humility. And I want you to have one type of humility and I limit the other. And the type of humility I want you to engage in is what's called intellectual humility. Intellectual humility is what it sounds like. Uh, you basically you want to be seen as a, an avid learner. You want to cultivate the habit of being curious throughout your entire life. So you could use phrases like, wow, I, I, I want to know more about that topic, or I, I have to look into that, or I'm not sure yet, but I'm going to figure this out. That kind of language is, is, is says, look, I know that I, I am still not where I could be, but I know that there are never going to be an arrival. There's just going to be more things I wish to learn. So intellectual humility is tied to this notion of not being arrogant because arrogance is the assumption that you know everything. I love, and you do not. I love that. And we will never know everything. Confident humility, intellectual humility is like, I'm a learner, yes. uh, right? And the, other, the, the arrogance is I'm a performer. Yes, yes. And this ties to the other point of this, which I was going to say is you want to be part of what is called a growth mindset. A growth mindset is very simply, I'm, I'm, I can be better tomorrow than I am today if I just apply a little more. So the point is, as Mary just said, you never arrive at the performance end. You're, you're always uh, upping your game because you're always learning new things. So that has an element of humility to it. You know, I've always encouraged people to say, don't say you're an expert. Say you have expertise. 
An expert makes you uh, is puts you in the, in the in the realm of arrival and challenge. An expertise says I, I'm learning about it and I know some a lot about it, but I still want to know more. So in that sense, there is an element of humility. In t- now, the second part of humility is humble does not serve you, as Mary's already said. You know when you can be humble when you're already famous. Because then you could say, oh, no, please, people, because everyone already knows. So if you are a guru in some category and everyone in the nation knows that you're the best IP attorney there is, you can say to people, well, no, I'm really, I'm just a regular. No, you're not. But my point would be your press precedes you. You don't have press that precedes you yet. So you've got to make your press. And that has to be stating what is true about you to others in the way that Mary showed you with those three tips. So I think that's the way to go with that. Now, I will say this. I think your parents will always see that if they see you in an exchange doing some of these things, they will they will probably have some slight cringe like around, well, you shouldn't talk that way because they come from, as, as you said, they're coming from a very different place. Uh, but at the reality is in the place you are in, you have to self-promote. Yeah, you absolutely do. I love that. I love everything you said, Chris. Um, you know, because you, uh, in your question, you said, uh, though people who are quote unquote braggy uh, are getting all the good work assignments. Right. It's my... Not be because they're braggy. It might right. just be because people know that they work on cool things and they have yeah. accomplishments. So all you are doing are, is informing people of your accomplishments. Uh, right. And you're doing it in a way with a little bit of humility, but you're making sure the right people know about your expertise, as Chris says. Yes. And- I would add one more thing. Find out your other, you're a, you're a, what year is he here? Is he's relatively new at the yeah, law firm? Yeah. Okay. I would say find other people that are in your situation and find out what they're good at. And be, be promotional about them. Yeah. So you might say, oh, you know, Becky will never tell you this, but she's a brilliant, a brilliant brief writer. And my point is be generous in the comments you make about the people that work with you who you believe to be true about them. Yeah. And that, that is implicit reciprocity. And they in turn might be generous to you. I would, that should be part of her strategy. I absolutely agree. But I'm afraid tall, no tall poppies may overdo the oh, yeah. uh, inflation of others because they are uncomfortable with themselves. No yeah, tall poppies. Yeah. It's really about having something to say, like in an elevator, someone says, what are you working on? Name an accomplishment. Oh, I just, uh, oh, I just worked on the Penske case and we were able to get a, mm. a $1 million settlement. It was a great to be part of that team. That's yes. what you want to do, be able to have something to say about your successes. Excellent. Okay, I think w- you, you've got a great future ahead of you, Poppy. And you will be a tall Poppy in Poland. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, writing in uh, and letting us know. So, Chris, I think uh, thinking of uh, status, was it status what we were doing? Yeah, status. We were doing status. <laughs> we're doing status. Not humility, status. Status. All right. So the status of this show is that we are going to do a closeout. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our wonderful listeners, all 52 of you, for tuning in today. Thanks to Jack Edinger, our amazing overworked underpaid uh, producer. Uh, if you have a workplace, que- a workplace question or a dilemma of any sort, please give us a shout. No question is too easy. No question is too hard. Lots of ways to reach us. Email us to info at cubicleconfidential.com. Tweet us at cubicleconfide or connect with us on LinkedIn. Chris DeSantis and Mary Abajay, we are easy to find. And until we see you next week, make sure you work hard, be kind, do not diminish anybody's status. And if you can't, Call us. All right. See you next time, everybody.